0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the How to Lead Podcast. Clay and Adam here. Okay, Clay, so the start of our friendship. 15 years ago uh, on the campus, maybe 15, maybe longer. No, more than no, 20. Like, oh, it was 20, 20 years, years ago. ago. Yeah, that's right. Years, 20 yeah. years ago on the campus of Southern Methodist University, SMU. The in Mustangs. Dallas. The old Mustangs, Pony. Yeah. So Pony you up. and I, we were, uh, we were both seminary students. We were helping lead... Uh, at a campus ministry, we were teaching, and um, and so you would teach alternating. One week. That's yeah, right, every other You're, week. That's right. It was great. Uh, that was the start of the How to Lead podcast. Uh, it was right there <laughs> <laughs> in Dallas Hall. But anyway, We've been alternating so
1: ever since
0: <laughs> one of the things that you and I we would go to lunch a lot during that season, and we were um, it was a season of growth and self awareness for both of us because for sure we had a, a dear friend Robbie Rice who was the leader of that organization where we were teaching every week. Robbie is, uh, is amazing. He's a dear friend of mine and my wife's, uh, quite direct and was a very direct (laughs) man. So you and I would stand up and do some public speaking. And, um, and then Robbie would say, here's what you did well, but here's what needs to improve. And it was kind of one of the first times in our life we've been through that. Right. Yeah. What was that cafe
1: on Greenville that he, uh, the Oasis, the Oasis, the Oasis right. cafe. That's where I would always meet him. I, I dread that place still because I, <laughs> whenever I think about it, I think I'm, I was, I, I was so grateful for him. It was so, I mean, I, I credit him in helping me grow as a communicator for sure, but it, they were never easy because he, I knew I was going to walk away with something I needed to change. And there was always a sense of embarrassment in it, right? Yeah. Whenever you find out that you were doing something that you didn't realize you were doing, there is a, I don't know, becoming aware of something is yep. uh, not easy to do. It's for not
0: sure. fun. Yeah. Looking no. in that mirror, seeing all the no. flaws and that's what a good friend will do sometimes. And so uh, today we're going to talk about how we can grow in our self-awareness because unfortunately uh, my entire career, I have not had a quote Robbie Rice in my life, my entire yeah, career. Same. I haven't had one in my, I, I would have really benefited From having a robbie rice in my life like back in high school right to learn some 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 self-awareness there so even though these moments can be painful i think we would both look back on our careers and as professionals and just go man growing in self-awareness has been an enormous benefit to our career not only in our career but and then we look at others who have been very successful leaders and very been very successful professionals one of the common characteristics they have is they're pretty good with self awareness. They they know themselves well, and yeah. so we're going to talk about today how we can uh, grow in that self awareness.
1: And the the reason why this is so important is because I, I I credit Daniel Goleman. The I call him the the grandfather of emotional intelligence EQ. Right. But uh, there was an article that he wrote years ago. I remember reading it, and he was empirically proving he was using data to show that what separates average performers from star performers in leadership, it is not their technical skills. It is not their smarts. It's not their cognitive ability or their strategic thinking, though those are important for sure. But the, the attribute that separated them was their emotional health or their emotional intelligence. And the beginning of emotional health or emotional intelligence is self awareness. That's where it starts. It starts by becoming as aware of my strengths, my weaknesses, my drives, my motivations, my hangups, a- as aware as I can of those things, and I think one of the lies is that you—it's—it's a, it's a destination. It's clearly not a destination. It's not something no. you arrive at. It's something that you're always growing in. One of the things I've—I've I've wondered lately, Adam, is as you get older, you would think you're becoming more aware. I would—I would hope that you're more aware today than you were then. But are, is the rate of change as rapid the older you get? Or does it seem to slow down?
0: Well, I mean, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's a right. cultural phrase for a reason. Ways. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, it's like Some of my buddies and I, David Morrison, who we talk about a lot on the podcast, uh, he and I will joke around like, I can't wait to be so old that I just, I'm done. Don't care about anything. (laughs) I just don't care.
1: Seinfeld talks about drivers that are 80 that he's like, the great thing about it is they're like, I'm
0: backing up. I don't care who's back
1: there. I'm coming back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, which I think is a really good point with all of this that for some of our listeners that are 40 plus. Uh, you may think, oh, yeah, been there, done that. That was my Oh, yeah, 30s. I'm aware. I'm aware. That's right. But yeah. no, because uh, I think you're exactly right. I I feel like uh, right now it's just pride for me, honestly. Like, oh, no, I'm the one who helps others become self-aware. That's right. Don't Which, you dare turn that table on me that's right. and tell that's me right. where I need to get better with
1: all of this? Well, because as you grow in your profession, you become an expert and it gets harder to ask. When I was in my 20s, it was easier to, it was easier to grow in my self-awareness because I didn't have anything to lose. I thought, well, I don't really, okay, so I made that mistake on stage. As hard as it was at the Oasis Cafe for Robbie to deliver that to me, I thought, well, I'm new at this. You know, now, getting feedback now as a communicator, it feels a lot, um, it it almost affects my insides more than it used to because I think, Whoa, 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 whoa! I, I'm I've done this for a while. I know what I'm doing here. Yeah, but, and I, I think be that is better. pride, ego. I should, yeah, yeah, that's right. So don't don't think that just because you're older, don't think you've arrived. In fact, I would say the place we all have to start on self awareness is admitting that you don't know, that's admitting right. that there are ways that you can grow, and and to never stop believing that. No matter how old you are, no matter how you know high you've gotten in your career or elevated in your organization, you can always grow in self awareness. And as you do. It will only make you a better leader. The best right. leaders are the most emotionally healthy leaders, and it begins with self-awareness.
0: That's good. Okay, well, let's go through three quick things here because, again, just to put some teeth on this and give people some to-dos. So we're going to talk about just uh, you know introspection and practicing some introspection. We're going to talk about the role feedback plays. Uh, and then I like number three. I, I, let's tease that one because I think that one's a little bit of a, of a left turn, but you're right. It's going to be really helpful in all of this. So uh, let's talk about the first one, just practicing introspection. So uh, say some more about that. How do, how do you do that? Maybe that's my question. How do you practice introspection and how do you see that connected to self-awareness?
1: Well, I have a harder time doing that on my own because yeah. I don't like. I'm not great on my own. I'm I'm an external processor. I extrovert so much, so I would say the second one is something that I am better at: the seeking feedback because i I like I like conversation. I like learning from other people. Uh, I would say introspection. Some things that have helped me is learning that experience alone doesn't make you grow. Mm. Dr. Howard Hendricks at the graduate school you and I attended used to always say it's not experience that helps you grow it's evaluated experience that makes you better which is so right it's yeah, not you just, just, just made experience. him sound
0: like a pack a day smoker <laughs> <laughs> with all of that <laughs>
1: That's funny. I don't think he smoked. No. Um, it it really—it's the evaluated experience, though. It's being willing to, after something, after you're done with something, take the time to evaluate it. So introspection could look like. When's the last time you listened to yourself give a presentation? When's the last time you went and watched? Now, one of the benefits of Zoom and Teams is that you can go watch the meeting that you led. Mm -hmm. Go evaluate it. Don't make someone else do it for you, but practice introspection. It's one of the things that reading does. I feel like I'm so inspired by you because you're always reading. Reading empowers introspection. That's good. Because you bump into new content that you go, hmm. Now, if that's true for them, is that true for me? Is that somewhere that I'm growing and changing and getting better? I mean, this is why for the longest time in religious philosophies, particularly in Christianity, people have what's called the quiet time in the morning where they open up the Bible and they have times of meditation and prayer and scripture reading because it's practicing introspection. It's using resources or content to help you evaluate something for yourself. So I would say for me, that's an area that I need to grow. But I would guess for you, you seem like someone who is... You, you master I, introspection. Well,
0: yeah, maybe not. I mean, I maybe do it a little bit more frequently and uh, it comes easier due to my introversion, but I can take that to the extreme and just get in my head and get stuck and do too much introspection, almost too much, too selfish uh, yeah. with all of it where now I'm, I'm picking apart minutia, yeah, in yeah. my life. That's just like, who cares? Sure. Who cares yeah. about that stuff? But yeah, so I love what you just said about reading, that reading empowers introspection. That is really powerful because you're right. If you're when you're reading, and when I say read, I mean you're listening to something, it could be a podcast, it could be an audio book, you're just engaging with content. That's right. It's a it is an individual conversation with with that's that right. communicator. And that's you don't right. have to agree with everything. That that's in fact when some of the best introspection happens, you read something, you disagree with it. And yeah. it empowers your resolve. Um, yeah, that's good. There was a, a book I read recently this year called uh, When Everybody Leads, right? It's called When Everybody Leads. There were some things in there that I really liked. And there were some things that I so disagreed with. And it empowered me and strengthened my resolve on certain things. But that's introspection. Like, I, I didn't it know happens. I believed that stuff so much. And that was really helpful. Um, and so, yeah, journaling uh, has always been a, a, a practice that comes relatively easy to me. How did something make me feel? What's going on? How did that experience? What do I think about? I feel like every time I'm done speaking or teaching somewhere, I'm driving back to the airport or driving home and I'm going, all right, how would I make that better? So, uh, But yeah, you're right. You got to just pause, think about the insides a little bit, and, uh, and that certainly helps you grow in self-awareness.
1: Next time your job changes, next time somebody gets a promotion that you wanted, next time somebody gets called on for a project, I think leveraging journaling, leveraging some You know, the the next morning or the next time you have some free time, go take a walk maybe and ask yourself, how did that make me feel? Because if you're not aware of it, it will whip you around, it will own you, it will destroy you. But it's only when you become aware of it that then you can start to deal with it. So, number one, practice introspection.
0: There you go. So then number two would be seeking that feedback. And so you said that's a little bit easier for you, but, uh, but, but let's, uh, let's talk about that.
1: Well, it's easier for me because I just like, I like people and I have learned it is a, it is, um, there are just things that I cannot see on my own and we have to become convinced of that. I mean, marriage was the most obvious one for me. All right. I mean, i never, never forget this date that we were on. I think we were engaged maybe. And the, the, uh, server, came and took our order and then walked away. And my then fiance now wife said, do you hate her? And I'm like, <laughs> why do you say that? And she's like, because of the way you just spoke to her, that was so curt, And you oh. seemed almost angry. And it was so good for me to go, oh, I didn't know that's how I was communicating. I was gen- genuinely unaware and so I've just, I've just become more and more convinced that there are things that I cannot see. There are things that other people see. And if I will leverage them, there is always feedback. There's always information orbiting my world that will only help me get better. And the same thing is true for you. There yeah. is always information orbiting your world and it will help you get better. But it will not if you do not know it. In fact, you're not any better for not knowing it. You're That's only right. better when you go and get it. So I like questions like, uh, you know, finishing, a uh, finishing a project, finishing, a uh, running an event, speaking at something, asking, Hey, if you were me, what would you do differently? What would you have done differently? I like that because it kind of, um, it takes away some of the sensitivity of it. You're not me. I don't have to take that. You're not in my shoes, but if you were, what would you have done? It also gives the person a little bit more freedom to be able to, um, to be able to give the feedback. We we've talked about this one before, but Jeff Henderson, a good friend of mine, former coworker, used this question, uh, what is it like to be on the other side of me? What yeah. is it like to be on the other side of me? I think that's a question we ought to regularly be asking, at yeah. least once a year. If you're leading a new team, you should ask them that. I only know what it's like when I walk into a meeting. I don't know what it's like to be in the meeting that I walked in on. That's right. I don't I don't know what it's like to be on the, to be on the other side of the booth with someone eating with me or talking with me. And so really getting curious, being courageous, seeking that feedback, again, uh, it will. it is essential if you want to become more aware. If you think you know everything, if you think you're perfectly aware, then don't seek feedback but remember that arrogant people don't ask questions.
0: That's right. People with
1: humility ask questions because arrogant people know it all, so they don't have to ask. Yeah. So seeking feedback is a practice of the humble.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, My buddy, Luke Friesen, one of the places where he worked, he said that their job uh, performance reviews were basically two sections. How are you at work? So that's the technical side. Mm -hmm. And then how are you to work with? And that was more Uh, of the qualitative side. And so that's some of the, what's it like, to Be on the other side of me, and um, you know, what, what if you were me, what would you have done differently? A little bit of that is just asking people, How am I to work with? I, I want to know that because that's all the EQ skills that's right. that are related there. Uh, with all that, one of the things I noticed, and I'd be curious to know if you are the same, um, I would say probably around age 35, maybe a little bit sooner, maybe a little bit later. A lot of the, hey, Adam, here's how you are to work with, feedback started to become the same. And fortunately, there was not a lot of new information. So, hey, here's what's annoying about being on your team. Here's some things where I wish you would get better. I I was strangely encouraged to not have any surprises uh, for, for quite a few years. Doesn't mean I'm done growing, but it just was like, okay, I think this is probably some good feedback and also, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make incremental changes on some of this stuff. This is just kind of what you get uh, when you work with me uh, on this. Did, have you had a similar experience over your over your career?
1: Yeah, I love the exercise. I, I do this with teams a lot. You probably do something similar. The start, stop, continue, right? Yeah. Give. We're going to go around the room and we're going to each talk about each person and give them one thing to start doing, one thing to stop doing and one thing to continue to do. And what I have found is that people are rarely surprised by the stop. It's yeah. usually not new information. It's usually to your point. It's the, you know, our, our, our problems, our challenges, our hangups, they're, they they do not I wish they were new. It'd be more interesting, but they're usually the same ones that we've had for a long time. And I, I, I would be careful to, you know, I think just to say, you know, for me, I, I typically run late, And that's been a challenge for me in life. I'm married to someone who's extremely punctual. Uh, I do a podcast with a friend who's extremely punctual. And so that's a real challenge for me. It would be real easy for me to go, oh, screw it, I'm just late. You know, that's just who I am. Yeah. And so I do think getting to the point where you go, I'm not going to excuse it. I'm going to fight. I'm going to put some systems in place to help me with that. I mean, setting my clock five minutes fast, you know, as simple as that is, is really helpful. But I do think you're right. They're not usually new. But it doesn't mean that we can't upgrade our weaknesses. That's good. Uh, just because we're uh, we've gotten older in life, that's for yeah,
0: sure. That's good. Okay, I like this. So we're talking about how to grow in our self uh, self awareness because, as Daniel Goleman's research pointed out this really is the key to success uh, long-term in your careers, not your technical skills, but your emotional intelligence, your ability to understand yourself. And self-awareness is a key aspect of of, uh, self-awareness, not the only part, or is a key aspect of emotional intelligence. It's not all of it, but it's a really big part of it. So we've talked about practicing uh, just that evaluation and internal introspection. We've talked about feedback. And then this third one that I Uh, teased a little bit earlier is unique, uh, but I really like it because I think it's helpful. And so it is uh, leveraging self-deprecating humor. So uh, I'd love to hear you say some more about how you see that help us grow in self-awareness.
1: When you're around someone who is willing to laugh at herself or laugh at himself, what does that tell you about the person
0: yeah, I mean, for me personally, it's like that's a person I can hang out with. Yeah, and uh, and they seem to get it right. There's a level they of I don't want to make they, yeah. There's there's some vulnerability there that's just going okay. I can laugh at them because they seem pretty secure in who they are. To know that these are some idiosyncrasies about themselves. Yeah, to me,
1: it's somebody who doesn't take themselves too seriously, which is part of pr- being self-aware. That's right. Is that they recognize they've got strengths and weaknesses. It's a person that has processed something right. Security. We, we don't come into this world extremely secure. I mean, I think insecurity is the gravitational force or it's the magnet for any adolescent, right? We don't gravitate towards security typically. But if someone is secure, it means that they've processed, oh, just because I spoke in front of a group of people and left my zipper down doesn't mean I'm a horrible communicator. That is a story I have had to tell <laughs> and, it, and, I, and had to process, right? Yeah. Just because... I've released a book that didn't sell very well doesn't mean I'm a trash leader. Mm. No, I've had to process that. So the, the ability for someone to laugh at their own mishaps or mistakes or, you know, embarrassing moments is a sign of someone who uh, doesn't take themselves too seriously. And a sign of someone who is processed, who has a sense of security about who they are. And so I would just encourage you in the next week, try it Mm. in your, within your team, Find something you've done recently that was dumb or silly or a mistake you made and then just be willing to share it and then let people laugh about it. Yeah, I I promise you it will help you become it it is an it is an evidence of someone who's more self-aware and it is also a muscle that we work out to become more self-aware.
0: That's excellent. I like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, you just think about some of the stand up comedians that we all Know and love, I think, two come to mind with self-deprecating humor are Nate Bargazzi and Kevin Hart. I think they are masters at just their entire set. They just make fun of themselves, and it's excellent, right? They're giving us permission to laugh in there, making fun of themselves. A lot of us are are sitting so there going, "I do the same thing," and so it creates a connection. And this stuff can happen on your team. So I'm not telling you you need to be become a stand-up comic. By no means is that. Uh, the application here with all of this, but it does. I like that. It just, you're not taking yourself too seriously, but that's a really insightful comment that it shows you've processed something. And so in some ways it's the evidence that you have done some of that self-awareness heart work that not a lot of people do and, uh, and really can cause you to stand out. So uh, Clay, just real quickly before we wrap up. So the person that's sitting there just going, this sounds terrible, right? Uh, This sounds like the worst (laughs) thing. This sounds like showing up to the next meeting, uh, in a bathing suit and uh, my next team meeting in a bathing suit, not going to do it. Right. That would be really awkward. So talk to that person real quick before we wrap up here.
1: Well, the, the reality that there is information orbiting your world is it's not true when you realize it, it's just true. And so the quicker you can admit that there, there are areas of my life that I am unaware. And that doesn't, that's not a pass fail. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It just an is, I think is really important. And then understanding that the biggest decisions about your leadership are going to be made when you're not in the room. The biggest mm. decisions about your career are going to be made when you're not in the room. And so growing in self-awareness, the, the, the habit, the pursuit of growing in self-awareness is really just you finding areas where you need to grow. You, you can't get to where you want to be until you know exactly where you are. And so, knowing where you are right now, yes, it's hard. Yes, sometimes it hurts. Yes, sometimes it creates more work for us. But it's essential for you to get to where you want to be. And you may as well go learn it. Don't make somebody else give it to you. But go, um, go practice it. Because we all know what it's like to try to help someone who's not aware become more aware. We're going to talk about that in the next episode. Yeah, How do you help right. somebody who's not aware? become more aware that is really difficult to do. So let's just commit to each other that we're not going to, we're not going to make anyone have to have that conversation about us. We're going to go get the information before it's, um, before we even have to be tenacious about it because it's worth it.
0: It is. Okay. Clay, as always, great stuff. Talk to you next time. Well, that's all we got for today's episode of the How to Lead podcast. You can always reach out to us via email. We can be reached at info at howtolead.work. That's info at work. Every episode is mixed and edited by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next time.